Who's excited about 2022? We're excited. We're like, goodbye, 2021. <laughs> goodbye. Get, who, watched, who watches Jimmy Rees, by the way? Isn't he? He's a, he's a crack up, absolute crack up. You know, dates really work and, and help me along with my life. I remember one of the most significant moments of my life was um, New Year's Eve 2013 when um, I was at Jordan and Alicia Sharp's place in Albany, New Year's Eve party. And just before midnight, I had my last sip of Coca-Cola. It was a moment that's just radically transformed my life since then. Um, and so 2000, I haven't drank a Coke for something like six, something like eight years. And so I actually, also significant dates work for me. I actually asked Jess out on my birthday. I proposed to her on April Fool's. Um, and, and we got married on um, Halloween. Go figure which happened to the same date that my parents got married. I had no idea, um, and that didn't end well, but we're redeeming the date in Jesus' name. Um, in your year, we make all kinds of resolutions, new decisions. Who has recently moved town? Put your hand up if you recently moved to Perth over the last year, maybe. Um, we're, we're all, no, it's been locked down. The borders are, shut the borders! That's right, I forgot about that little thing. Um, who started a, starting a new job this year? Oh, hello. Who's studying for the first time this year? And half of you put your hand up for academy. Awesome. Who's changing schools? Started a new diet. Start, winter's starting a new diet. I didn't know that. That's awesome. But can I tell you, we love new things, don't we? We love nice, shiny. I'm a sucker for new things. I love nice, shiny, new. I'll take the branded packet over the home brand packet any day, even if I've got to cost more, just because I like the shiny look of it. I'm an absolute sucker for it. But new isn't always better. I mean, if you think about appliances these days, the newer it is, the, same, the quicker it seems to break down. Going to the days of having appliances that last 15, 10, 15 years, um, you get an appliance now, you're ready to throw it out next week. Um, last Christmas, we got our kids remote control cars and they broke down literally in the first hour they started playing with them. It's like, it won't anything work anymore. Um, recently, my cousin actually went to, down to Albany, down to an area called Tondira National Park, and he thought it would be a great idea to lead his wife and his sister through a shortcut and walk a different way to the normal route or the normal path that you take through this dense scrub down to like an isolated beach. And he thought that he would just carve his way through the bush, and it started to go really wrong for him when he was in shrub like this high, and his bashing through this scrub, cutting up all his legs. His wife is like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. His sister's like holding the fishing rods above her head like this high and they're just training their way through this dense scrub. You know, sometimes it's better not to forge a new path but to follow an existing path. And this is what we want to have a look at in this series because it's especially true when it comes to having wisdom for life. What we're going to be having a look at this series is something called the ancient paths. Everyone say the ancient paths. The ancient paths. And I'm going to read the particular scripture that this thought comes from in a second. But first I'll provide the context for it. The context was actually that Israel had decided to forge their own paths. They decided to leave the path that God had set out for them. The clear way, the, the, the path that has already been established. And they decided to, we're going to do it our way. We're going to take a shortcut and we're going to go our own way. But they started to get cut up and, and bruised as they started to make their own way and reject the ways of God. But God's invitation was to, for them to take stock and to say, no, no, come back, come back 
and follow my ways. And this is where we read from Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. And Jeremiah said, a prophetic voice to the people. Jeremiah said, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around and ask for the ancient paths where the good ways travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. Who would like rest for their souls this year in 2022? I want rest for my soul. You know, 2022, right now, at the 2nd of January, we're at the proverbial crossroads of our lives. What direction will we take? What paths can we take? We're at a unique opportunity where we can carve out new paths or where we can follow the ancient paths that have gone before us. What we can do is to take stock, to have a look around, to assess the situation. Maybe look at the lives of other people who have either rejected God's ways and forged their own paths or assess the fruit of people's lives that are chosen to follow the ancient paths of God. Hebrews 13, 7, it says, Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that's come from their lives and follow their example, the example of their faith. It's an opportunity to take stock, to have a sober consideration of what paths do I want to take in 2022. And the good thing is, is when you ask for the ancient paths, it's where the good way is. If you want a good year, then follow the ancient paths. This, this word for good in the Hebrew, tob, it means it's the beautiful path. It's the better path, the bountiful path. It's the cheerful path, the joyful path, the pleasant path, the prosperous path. It's the best path. It's a good path to take. You want a good year? Go down the ancient paths. You know, it might seem, not seem as um, shiny or it might seem, not seem like as adventurous. It might not be as shiny as the path that your friends are all traveling as they're carving out their new paths. It might even appear stale and stuffy, but if you've got the wisdom to travel the ancient paths, then you're going to find rest for your souls. And so, but Israel's response to the prophet Jeremiah's invitation, it was, it was shocking. They replied, and we can see it in the next verse, Jeremiah 6.16 at the completion, he says, but you reply, nah, nah, we don't want to go down that path. We, we don't want to go down, down that road. Not us, maybe them. Sometimes we can think that we're the exception. No, we don't need to go down that path. This, this message is for them. They need to because they're in a really bad place and they need to follow the good paths. They need to go down the ancient paths. But I'm just going to bush bash my own way over here and carve out my own way. But the, the heart of God invites us not to think of ourselves as a special case. So I know a shortcut, a better way. Because the truth is, if we reject the path, we reject the fruit. If we reject the path, we reject the fruit. We want, we want certain juicy fruit in our lives. We want our lives to be good. But, but you can't have both. You can't forge out your own path and enjoy the benefits of the juicy fruit that God wants for you to have in your life. See, it's not about what you want. It's about what works. You can have a choice about, I just want it my way. Okay, cool. Like my cousin Eldis. No, nah, I'm going to have it my way. Before long, he's cutting himself up and he's face to face with this dense bush, not knowing where he's going, whether he's up, up on the edge of a cliff or not. It's not about what we want. It's about what actually works. And God wants you to have a good year in 2020, 2020, 2022. He wants you to walk the good way. 
You know, the old is the new, new. So in this series that we're calling Resolve, we want to resolve to follow the ancient paths. And in this series, what we're going to be doing is covering some of the ancient paths that have been set out for us in God's word for us to follow. And so we're going to be having different speakers every week. Two speakers right from Ocean's Church over the next three Sundays. So two, four, six speakers over three weeks. Same thing is happening in Albany. And we're going to be hearing from their unique perspectives, their personal stories and their insights on certain ancient paths that God has called us to travel. And God wants us, and I believe our hope, is that a passion for the ancient paths will be stirred and that we'd resolve to follow them so you can find rest for your souls and you can have a fruitful life. So kids, before I introduce the first ancient path, I've got a question for you. And don't give me the answer yet until you've heard the two options. There's multiple choice, option A or B. The question is, what is the good path to take? A, the yellow brick road, or B, the ancient paths? The yellow brick road? (laughs) The ancient paths. Well done. Okay, kids, you can come to the front. Yeah, give other kids a big round of applause. Awesome. If you're, if you're a teenager, I'm sure you can come up as well if you just feel like a sugar hit. Excellent. We love it. By the way, this is Kelsey down here on our knees with the kids. Give it up for Kelsey. Kelsey runs the kids program here at church, and that is such a phenomenal job every single week giving a lot of time and a lot of effort to see and provide a great place for our kids to encounter God and build great healthy relationships and a great safe environment. And so we're so grateful for everything that they do. And so the first ancient path that I wanted to introduce to us tonight is an unsexy ancient path, if you like. It's one that we sort of quiver at when we hear the word. And it's the ancient path of repentance. Oof. Everyone say, Repentance. Everyone say, repent. repent. Like you've seen, you know, sometimes repentance sounds scary, doesn't it? I don't know if you've heard that word before, but when I hear that word, there's like a, a, a shiver that just goes down my spine. I think, repent, repent. Oh. And I imagine John the Baptist, you know, the movie John, about the book of John, how it recites the whole gospel of John, and it's this, um, and it's this real life account, or this video account of the gospel of John, and you see John the Baptist there with his big, out of control wild hair and his goat hair sort of um, clothing, his camel hair clothing. And he's just shouting, you brood of vipers, repent. And I'm like, okay, okay then. It's a little bit intimidating, this word. And so the reason why it can sound scary is because of our misunderstanding of what repentance is. Because some of us think that repentance, to repent, means that you need to be perfect. And it sends a shiver down your spine because we're only so aware of our own limitations. We're so aware of our own imperfections. If someone says to me, you need to repent, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. But deep inside, I'm like, I can't <laughs> because I can, I'm not perfect. Let me tell you, I'm not perfect. And it's because of our misunderstanding. It's like when someone talks about a book or a video that they've seen or a restaurant. They're like, you should do it. You should read it. You should watch it. You should go there. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh. I will, (laughs) knowing that you probably won't. (laughs) Repent, yeah. (laughs) You just know, but this is the good news. Repentance is not about being perfect. There's three things that repentance is really quickly. Is number one, repentance is just a change of direction. Repentance is a change of direction. 
based on a change of mind. So I'm driving to Scarborough Beach and I changed my mind and I think, no, I'm going to drive to Kalamunda. So I turn around and I start to drive to Kalamunda. It's a change of mind. It's a change of direction. You know what? If you've lost your Google Maps, if you've, if you've temporarily misplaced your Bible and you've, you've misplaced the road directions of life, you might have some detours. You might sort of come back for a while and, oh, I'm heading out towards Scarborough Beach again. Oh, I'm going to turn back. And, but it's not about a perfect route. It's about a generalized direction. It's about a change of heart, a change of mind where you go, I'm no longer living for myself. I'm no longer living for people. I'm no longer living for myself. I'm no longer living for sin. But I turn and now I'm living for Jesus who laid down his life for me. That is what repentance is. This is just a change of direction. Repentance is a change of direction, there's a quote, based on a change of heart, not a life of attempted perfection, based on a shameful heart. If you're motivated by shame, it's unsustainable for us. Also, repentance is not only a change of direction, it is a seed that grows. You see, repentance is not a one-time event. I repent and now I'm perfect for the rest of my life. No, 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 no. Not at all. It, it, it's, a one, it's not a one-time event, but it does have a beginning point. Just like when you get a seed, the seed... When planted, it starts to flourish, it starts to germinate under the soil, it becomes a seedling and it grows into full maturity over time. Our repentance can begin, the seeds of repentance happen in that moment where you say yes to God. God, I give my life to you, but it's a seed. It's it's like a, a a conception in the womb. It's not fully formed yet, but it's no less real or genuine. It's like a seed. The evidence of genuine repentance, though, is that it it grows. If, if it's living and real, then it'll, it'll grow and it will mature over time. Don't compare to your left or the right or to that person over there. The Christian who's been around for 50 years have, who've grown in maturity to repentance. Don't compare yourself. Run your own lane, but it's something that keeps growing over time. Um, one example can be like the example of Prince Harry or Prince William. He said when they were, they were conceived in the womb, they were, they were princes. When they were Given birth, two boys were given birth at different times. They were born as princes. Now, as babies who are wearing nappies, who sometimes fill those nappies with pooish content, do you think they were acting like princes at that time? Well, I mean, no. But they were princes and it was kind of appropriate for them to do because of their age. They're babies. Of course they're going to poo their nappies. But then... Fast forward about 35 years to now, when, print, when Harry's about 35 and William is about my age, um, an undisclosed name, uh, an undisclosed age, 40 next year, 21st of May, just noted down in diaries. Um, and I'm looking forward to it, actually. 40, 40, 40, hello. I can't wait. It's going to be the best decade of our lives. Um, imagine... Prince Harry or Prince William wearing nappies, pooish nappies now. It's like, it is not befitting for a prince to do so. Um, it's, just, it's just weird or strange. What they do is they grow into, they are princes, they're born princes, but they grow into the behaviours and the ways and they, they grow into the role of being a prince. You and I, when we're born again, when we repent, we, we're, we're born into the kingdom of God, we're born again, but then we become, begin a lifetime journey of maturing and growing in our repentance and becoming more and more like Jesus. 
Um, repentance is a change of direction. It's a seed that grows, and it is a lifestyle. It's less about one moment, but it's more about a lifestyle that you cultivate, a lifestyle of repentance. You grow into it. You practice it. Repentance is synonymous with something called sanctification, which really means you just grow to become more and more like Jesus throughout the course of your life. So that is repentance. Um, Does that help you to understand it just a little bit more? Um, It's not so overwhelming. It's like, okay, all right, thank you, God. And what I want to do now is I want to just demonstrate to you how much repentance is a gift to you in 2022. The, the ancient path of repentance is a gift for you. It, it is a life-giving road, a life-giving trail that is a gift given to you so you can have the best year yet. You might have hard times. You might have very difficult times. But if you apply this to your life, you're going to have a good time. So what I'm going to do is contrast four ways that I'm going to contrast the effect of sin in our life, but then the power of repentance as it comes against the effect of sin. And so first of all, what does sin do? Many things, but sin, which is essentially our rebellion of God saying, God, I'm going my own way, not your way. Um, sin brings guilt and shame and condemnation. It's a fruit of sin. It, it's what sin does to us. Oh my goodness. It is, it's yuck. It makes you feel guilty and rotten and ashamed and you feel condemned. What you begin to do is do what Adam did and Eve did when they sinned in the garden that first time. God didn't run away from them. They ran away from God. They realized their nakedness and they covered themselves up. They're hiding behind the bush. They're withdrawing from God. And this is what we do with God and each other. We cover up ourselves and our bad bits and we, we, we get ashamed. We withdraw from God. We withdraw from community. But let me tell you, it is the last thing you should do. If your sin increases, the Bible says God's grace increases and actually what you need to do is not pull out of community, not pull out of relationship with God, but pull into God because you need Him more than ever before. He won't reject you coming to Him, but He's got enough grace for you. He's got enough grace for, you, for me. And so the answer isn't to pull out, but to pull in to the community of God. Don't fall for the devil's trick. Just don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. The, the enemy will dangle it like a carrot. It will seem appealing and right and appropriate. I'm just going to take some time from church. I need to consider my options because there's stuff yeah, going on. No, don't do that. Of course you don't feel like it. But coming to the light, coming to community is the best place you can be. Because get this, because repentance, what it does, the first of four R's for a Pentecostal church, we had the same letters for the key points, repentance removes guilt shame and condemnation. That's what it does. It, it removes guilt and shame and condemnation. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9, it says this, if we confess our sin to him, that's all. I've got to get real with you, God. Not I've got to perform a magic trick and get all these things and, 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 and I've got to do all these rituals to appease God and get my life sorted out and get a list happening and promise God, never, 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 never. If we confess our sin, if we get real with God, we confess it, bring it into the light before Him. It is so simple. He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. He's so good to us. This is His invitation. He just actually wants to wipe it away. He's like, let's get on with life. Enough, enough of this over here. Let's get living. Let's wipe it away. 
Repentance removes guilt and shame and condemnation. Number two, what does sin do? It trips us up as we pursue our purpose. Sin trips us up as we pursue our purpose. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1, it says this. It says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. There's many weights that slows us down. Problems and distractions and disasters in our lives that try to deviate us from the call and the purposes of God or whatever God is doing in your life at any time. But especially what slows us down is the sin that just so easily trips us up. And so let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. You know, God has got a race for you to run. He's got a, he's got a purpose for every single person in this room. God has got a destiny and a purpose for you, a good one that is life-giving and fruitful that will impact the lives of others in a positive way. But sin can trip us up. I don't know if you, like me, have been camping and stayed at, you're staying at caravan parks, and especially when you're younger, you're just getting excited, all your cousins around and your friends around, and you're just running barefoot all around the caravan park and playing spotlight, like, yeah, woo, running all over the place. I remember a couple of times, vivid memories of running flat out through the night, just hilarious, laughing my head off, and then bang, I'm on the floor. I'm just, ah, grabbing onto my knee. Why? Because I tripped over an, an invisible guy rope. You know those guy ropes? You know those guy ropes? They're, they're ropes that are attached to the side of tents, the long ones that come out, the invisible ones, right all the way, all the way out here. It's like, where did that guy come from? Where did the girl ropes go anyway? I don't know. <laughs> Thanks, Flynn. Yes. <laughs> Quality. <laughs> we, need, we need some girl ropes, not just the guy ropes. <laughs> This is what sin does. We're running along, and if we're okay with sin, oh, just a little bit, that's oh, okay. It can just trip us up from our purpose. But we just need to know. And so what does repentance do? Ah, oh, oh, God, I reckon, ah, oh, God, I've turned from it, and I've turned to you. What repentance does is it reinstates our purpose. It will reinstate the instant that you do. No matter how far you've gone, no matter how far I've drifted, no, no matter how complex it has gotten, if you, if you turn to God, he reinstates our purpose. Number three, what does sin do? Well, sin gives Satan access to our lives, to certain areas of our lives. Can you imagine opening up the front door of your home, living in certain areas of the city or certain areas of Albany? If you leave the front door of your house home, um, open and you go away for a little while, um, and you come back, then there might be some friends in your house, or you might just have no furniture left in your house, or something like that. And this is exactly what sin does. If you sin in any area, essentially what we're doing is we're bringing that area of our life under the authority of Satan, of demonic powers, and we're opening up the doors in that area of our life for the enemy to come in. Hey, do whatever you want. Come and have some fun. Do whatever you like. And, and it can come at great impact to our lives. Not always, but sometimes to devastating impacts in our lives. It gives permission for the enemy to have legal access to our lives. Maybe in our minds, our relationships, our finance, our sleep, even our health. Even, even, I've spoken to people both in Albany and Perth about some spiritual and demonic encounters that they're having um, in their houses and at night and things. And, and sometimes it can be traced back to Opening the door to the enemy by certain sins that we can commit, getting involved in some occultic practices, etc. It can open the door 
But the good news is, no matter how widely you've left the door open, no matter how strong the hold of the enemy may have gotten in certain areas of your life, it can be broken by the power of Jesus' name. You see, what repentance does is it reclaims your authority. It reclaims your authority where you can get control back over your life. And what you can do is bring your life back, back from under the, the destructive covering or, of the enemy and you bring it under the protective, loving care of a loving father who covers you and protects you. He sends his mighty angels around you. See, James chapter 4, verse 7, it says this. It says, submit to God. That's another way of saying repent. Submit. God, I, I'm, I'm not going my own path. I'm going your path. I submit. I submit to you. I submit to God. And all you need to do, not, not read some spell or call up some hero that you need to come and do, your, do, do, do the hocus pocus for you. All you need to do is submit to God, resist the devil, say, uh-uh. I renounce you from my life in this area. I renounce. No. Guess what? He will flee from you. Because what he sees isn't your power and my power, but he sees the power and authority of Jesus behind us. My brother's a cop in Busterton. He's a relatively buff guy. But let me tell you, it's not his physical power that does the talking. It's the badge. It's the authority of the badge that gives him all the power that he needs. He says a word, and you've got to do it. And we, we wear the badge of Jesus. And this is what Satan is frightened of. And so in order to bring back our life under the protection and care of God, we need to repent and ask God's forgiveness for what we've done. And when we do that, we can take back the ground that we've lost to the devil come back under the authority of Jesus and the power of Satan can easily be broken over your life. And now this is heading into a little side note now before we get into the fourth way. Um, a, a little side note, it'll be remiss of me not to mention right now um, a word called confession. We're getting a bit like real here. At, at the beginning of 22, the reason why we're going so hard, what do you learn at church today? New Year's resolutions and God's for you and it's going to be amazing. Oh, we, le- we learned about repent. Well, the reason is because we just want to help you have an awesome life. We, we want you to live with freedom. This is Jesus' agenda for you is freedom for your life, not, not to, to, to dominate it, but to give you freedom and, and, and an abundant life. And this is the key. One of the ancient paths is repentance and confession. James chapter 5, verse 16, it says this. It says, confess your sins to each other. We've been talking about confessing it to God, but now we're talking about confessing our sins to each other. It says, confess your sins to each other. Get real with each other. Oh, I'm just bringing it out to the light. It can hang around. When you sin and let it fester in the darkness, the devil has a field day. He's like, yes. I can just tell you how the worst person on earth. Oh no, shame, guilt in the corner. But when you bring it out to the light, it diffuses the power of the enemy's lies, because that's the only power he has is the lies that we believe. It says, confess your sins to each other, bring into the light, and then pray for each other so that you may be healed. It says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. See, get this, there's, there's, a, there's a comparison. You confess to the Lord for forgiveness, and you can do that your own. You don't need to go to a priest. You don't need to go to a pastor. You don't need to go with someone who's super spiro. You go to Jesus. He's your high priest. He's the one that you can come to and you can be instantly forgiven when you say, God, would you forgive me? 
He's like, yes, that's why I died for you, to forgive you. I want, God isn't a reluctant forgiver. He, he longs to forgive you because he wants to restore you and bring you back to himself. So we confess to the Lord for forgiveness, but we confess to each other for healing. If you need healing in your life, then can I encourage you to get real and confess with someone that you trust? And when you, when you get real and you start to bring it into the light, it starts to diffuse its power. As, as, as you, as you dis, dismantle and disable the access that Satan has in your life, all you need to do is have a friend, really simple, not long words, but really simple. God, I just pray for healing right now. Maybe there's areas of your life. Sometimes physical sickness can be a result of sin. Not all the time, but sometimes it can be. It can be opening doors into our lives. Maybe some financial troubles that you've gone through, some relational difficulties. You can't get rid of shame and guilt. There's, there's some mental health that's going along. But when you, when you confess and get real with someone, remember what it said? It says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I mean, so I've, I've experienced and have seen miracles happen through this such a simple process and you can receive healing and freedom in your life as you put this into practice um and and practical confession we're we're talking about we're going to get to the fourth point of of repentance in a second this is a bit of a complex one i'm sorry a bit all over the place but but when we're talking about confession there's two really practical points we can do with confession and that is to make restitution and to do some demolition make restitution and do some demolition now, you may have hurt people in your past life. In fact, we do hurt people as we go along. But what's so important is not only that we ask God's forgiveness, confess our sin for healing, but we actually go to those we've hurt, maybe those we've taken from, we've stolen, maybe we've ruined reputations, and we actually go to make it right. We make restitution, whatever it costs to do that or to attempt to do that. Other things we might need to do is some demolition we might get to need to get rid of some things in our lives that, that hang around our lives as, as a permanent stumbling block. Maybe it's some new agey things that you've got at home or occultic sort of things. Maybe you need to unsubscribe some, from some things because you've been engaging with watching things that you know that aren't healthy and, and life-giving and edifying for you. It might be not watching certain movies. I don't know what it is, but I want to encourage you to make restitution and do some demolition. And now number four, what sin does is it separates us from the presence of God. Well, it doesn't actually like separate us because God is everywhere. He's with us right here, right now. But um, in places where it gets cold, not Perth, although it does, but in Albany, when it gets cold, what do you do? You put on jackets, clothes, warm clothes. If you're wearing clothes, you can't feel the cold. It doesn't mean it's not there, but you can't feel it because you've got clothes on. Sin can be a little bit like wearing clothes. When, when you cover your life with sin, you might struggle to feel the presence of God in your life. And so what God wants us to do is take our clothes off. He wants us to, to begin to take, take the sin off of our lives, the, the, the compromises that we've made along the way. And, and can I tell you, if you felt distant from God, then, then I want to tell you repentance can be a key for you. See, sin separates us from the presence of God there may be sin that you've grown comfortable with ah it's not bad that's just me no 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 it's not just you don't get comfortable with it 
Get it off, take it off, get rid of it, repent, turn from God, turn from it. Because guess what repentance does is repentance will refresh you. Repentance will refresh you. If you want more of God in your life, it's critical that you live a lifestyle of repentance. Mark chapter 1 verse 3. These were the words of John the Baptist. And this is a word for you for 2022. Is this, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Or other translations say, clear the road. Clear, clear the clutter, the busyness of our lives, the stuff. But make straight paths for him because he wants you to encounter him in a fresh way today. I'm going to finish with this final scripture. And this final scripture is from Acts chapter 3, verse 19 to 20. And the context was that Peter did the first sermon after Jesus had died, he resurrected, he appeared to the disciples and he ascended to be with the Father. He gave the disciples the great commission to take this good news to the ends of the earth. And so Peter preaches the first sermon to, to thousands of people that day. And in that crowd were a bunch of Jews who actually who actually conspired to kill Jesus, who actually were partners in killing and crucifying Jesus. Now, if you think about it, that, that is one of the worst things that you could possibly do. For me, I can't imagine that guilt that they must have felt that day. And the Bible says they were cut to the heart when they realized what they, we have killed Jesus, the Savior, that, that we have no hope. We are done for. That is the worst thing you can do. There's no hope for us. But this is what Peter said to them in Acts 3.19. Peter said, Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins might be wiped away. Repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins might be wiped away. And then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. See, as we repent, there is refreshment. There is the presence of the Lord that God wants to visit you with. And this year, I believe for you, 2022 can be a year filled with the presence of God. Where you're going to sense the Spirit of God in your life in, in, the small, in small ways, in subtle ways, in big ways, and in powerful ways. I believe that God is doing something fresh in this church, fresh in our lives as we put this into practice. And so can we just all stand up together? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we just all close our eyes right now? Just briefly, just for a few minutes, just for a couple of minutes, just two things that I believe God wants us to do now. Right now, this isn't confessing our sins to one another. You can do that around the grazing table. <laughs> right now, I believe God wants to give us an opportunity to confess, to come to Jesus. God, I'm sorry. God, I repent. I turn in my heart. And I believe that as we, as we do that, and we turn to Him in small areas or great areas, whatever areas the Holy Spirit is highlighting right now. What the Holy Spirit is going to do right now, whether you're here in person or online, God wants to send a refreshing rain of His Spirit. He wants to pour out great intimacy with Him in your life. Thank you, Lord. And so why don't you right now just begin to pray to God. Begin to confess to God, Lord Jesus, we are so sorry. Lord, we come to you, Lord Jesus, where we've, we've been okay, Lord God, with small things, with, with great sin, Lord God, with small things, with the small compromises that we've had in our life, God. And we, right now, we turn, Lord God, we turn from living our own way, Lord God. We turn from forging our own path, Lord God, and living according to our own desires. But we turn, we repent, and we turn to you, Lord God. 
And right now, Lord Jesus, I declare, Lord, that as every person does that, in this place or online, like the words that Peter spoke to the crowd, that your sins will be wiped away. And so right now, I declare the forgiveness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, of whatever people have in their heart, Lord God. You put no boundary around what it is that you're forgiven, but you said all sins will be wiped away, Lord God. And so right now, I declare, Lord, that all the sins have been wiped away because of your sacrifice and what you've done for us. And so right now as well, Lord God, I invite the power of your presence to come. Right now, Holy Spirit, I just see the Holy Spirit beginning to touch people's hearts. Right now, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you make yourself known, that you let, you, you let your peace come and penetrate hearts, Lord. You fill hearts, Lord Jesus, with your power, with your presence, Lord, with your joy, with your peace, Lord, right now. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we just begin to sing this song. And as we do, why don't we just receive, receive the refreshing rain of His Spirit. Thank you, Lord.